This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Presented by Kaleida Health. All right, here we are, hour number two. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you, One Bills Live. And pleased to be joined now in hour number two by pro football focus NFL and lead draft analyst Michael Renner joining us here on the show. And, Mike, we've got you in here to talk some playoff matchups. And why don't we start with uh, the one we're dealing with day and night, uh, Bills Bengals. Obviously, the the previous matchup got scrapped uh, for you know an unfortunate circumstance with Demar Hamlin's cardiac event. Um, basically, a half a quarter got played, so we didn't even really get a feel for these two teams up against one another in that one. What are you anticipating, especially after both teams would probably say they didn't play an airtight game in the wild card round? I'm anticipating a dogfight. I think it's going to be a low-scoring, back-and-forth kind of field position-ish battle, which obviously the Bills are not really accustomed to playing this year. But this Bengals defense is difficult to go up against. They just have no real weaknesses. You know, if you're game planning to attack Cincinnati, and kind of we saw the first time, there's no real one spot where it's like, okay, yeah, there we have a mismatch. It's like, no, the DTs are good. Their edge rushers are solid. Their linebacking core is one of the best in the NFL. Safety tandems, uh, tremendous, and their cornerback duo, great as well. So there's there's really nowhere to go against the Bengals defense. You almost just have to be methodical, uh, you know, and they're going to make you play a game you don't want to play. So I think it's going to be low scoring, but the one matchup, if there is like one mismatch in this game that really favors one side or the other, it's that Bills defensive line against the Bengals offensive line. If Jonah Williams can't go, obviously he had the knee dislocation. If he's not going this one, it's backup Jack Harmon. I just don't see how the Bengals are going to move them offensively. I mean, that is one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. If they're throwing out three backups again against this Bills defensive line, huge, huge mismatch. Yeah, I think you're right. Both in the Bills have taken great pride in the quality of their defense. As you look across the rankings, these two teams are right together in all the major categories. If one's two, the other one's three. And if the other one's two, the other one's three. It's they're really good. And I, so I think, uh, you may have some. What do you think about the start to that game, the Monday night game, when both teams, I mean, it, the defenses weren't even speed bumps in that game. And the, they go down first series, touchdown. The Bills go down, drop a pass, they get a field goal, and off away it goes again. And the Cincinnati's moving the ball again before the game is stopped. Is this going to be like a six-possession game for each team? 
or a 25 possession game for each team? Yeah, I think it's going to be closer to the former there. I think it's going to be grinded out long drives. That, that's what it's going to kind of go. Cause I think both of these teams, what you live in fear of is the big play. And, you know, with Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, those are guys who any given moment with Josh Allen's arm can go 80 plus yards to the house. And then on the other side, Jamar Chase, T Higgins, same story. So, uh, I think you're going to see a lot of underneath passing because of that, because you're just going to see these defenses, the secondaries just back off of these guys as much as possible because no one wants to be the one guy that makes that game-changing play that loses you the football game. Switching over to the other AFC matchup, Chiefs and Jaguars, I was, I was kind of openly wondering about this with Steve. Jaguars coming off this emotional comeback victory while the Chiefs are sitting at home on their couch watching everything during Wild Card Weekend, I, I just wonder what the Jags, I know for the most part they're still a young team, but are they going to have enough left in the tank? You know, the emotional letdown scenario is what I'm concerned about with them. No, I think you're 100% right there because every Jacksonville fan, that was their Super Bowl, right? They're like Trevor Lawrence playing well in the second half, the comeback, beating Justin Herbert, like just getting a playoff win after how down bad this franchise has been. I think like 12 of the last 14 years they've drafted in the top 10 of the NFL draft just to get that win. That, that was it. Like they, they're icing on the cake if they do anything else from here. So from that perspective, there's nothing to lose. But at the same time, it's like I, I – it find it difficult to see them getting up to the same degree against this Kansas City Chiefs team. And, you know, to beat the Chiefs, uh, you got to play damn near a perfect ball. So, yeah, I, I tend to be with you there. I think this one could get away from the Jaguars. Yeah, and I would agree with you for the most part. There is always that thing that says, and a little bit, the Bills were a victim of it a little bit against the Dolphins this past week. What do they got to lose? They're going to roll the dice. It's four down territory in your own end. You're going to throw the trick plays at them. You're going to, you know, gamble a little bit and teams that are talented like they are in the NFL sometimes those gambles pay off and when the pressure comes off and I agree the pressure is off the Jaguars they aren't playing with house money right now so does that in some way make them a little more dangerous knowing that they've got an experienced head coach who really does have the pulse of his team and maybe if he pushes the right buttons they can come up with uh, quite the performance yeah, and a coach who's obviously very familiar with Andy Reid. You know, he's the OG Andy Reid disciple. They're coming out. Uh, so I think that aspect, too, is very important in this game. That Doug Peterson, if there's anything you know about him, is that come playoff time, he's going to empty the bag out. So I do think they didn't really have that chance this past week against the Chargers because of the fact that they just had to be methodical coming back, uh, you know, moving the football. You can't really run trick plays down four scores. No one's going to buy it. So I think in this game, you're going to see, you know, he was the OG Philly special. He's going to maybe obviously not the Philly special that's played out by now, but he's going to have something. He's going to come with something that we haven't seen before. I'm guessing uh, in his arsenal to hopefully, you know, whether it's a two point conversion, whether it's a touchdown, whether it's create a big play, Doug Peterson's going to come with it. The last team to qualify for the divisional round, the Dallas Cowboys who won last night, they got a big test here. They got to go out to San Francisco. I'm curious Mike, what you think about with respect to the quarterback matchup here? Prescott is either hot as a firecracker or he looks woefully inconsistent with his decision-making. There doesn't seem to be much of an in-between, and going against that San Fran defense looks like hell on earth. But yet at the same time, 
The Cowboys can bring the heat too, and I don't know if Brock Purdy's seen a pass rush like this. So how do you see that shaking out? Yeah, to me, this is my favorite matchup of the weekend. Now, Bengals-Bills is obviously massive as well, but this one, there's just so many good storylines, so many good matchups throughout that I'm very excited to see it. And I think you hit the nail on the head there with the Dak Prescott thing. It's that this offense seemingly either puts up 40 or it looks like they have no clue what they're doing on that side of the football. So it's, you know, going over against this 49ers defense, if you look like you have no clue what you're doing, they will put you in the dirt. That is the best defense left for my money in the playoffs right now. But then on the other side, you have a rookie quarterback, a rookie seventh round pick, Mr. Irrelevant, defying all odds going up against what by any measure is the top five defense in the NFL. And as you mentioned, one of, if not the most ferocious pass rush in the NFL. So where I'm leaning on that one's difficult, but I just don't see the magic of Brock Purdy. And now it's been magical. I just don't see how he goes four games in the playoffs with it. I think at some point it's going to have to run out. And then surprisingly from the beginning of the season, if you transpose what we thought, coming on to the regular season and now where we're at, how do NFC, three NFC East teams make it into the playoffs? But now the Giants are in Philadelphia. It's the most amazing difference, I think. Well, that's not true. The AFC West we thought was going to be a juggernaut, and it turned into to be the Chiefs again and everybody else. So, But the NFC East, the Giants at Philly, Philly putting together a magical season, and the Giants maybe even more magical. I'm with you there. The Giants are the biggest storyline in the NFL. This was a team that people thought was in the running for the number one overall pick, right? They, they No one gave this team a chance, even more so than, uh, I'd say, even like the Seahawks. Like, no one expected Daniel Jones to turn into this. This has been a top 10 offense in terms of EPA per play this season. Uh, and, you know, all credit to Brian Dable, but Daniel Jones, his development at the quarterback position has been a massive part of it because – this is not a great offensive line. This is not a great receiving core. Like, they should not, by any stretch of the imagination, be putting up points as easily as they have this season. But somehow they still do. So, yeah, they're overmatched again. Like, if we're just going talent for talent, Eagles outclass them pretty much everywhere. But somehow that really hasn't mattered too much to the Giants in a lot of games this season. So uh, I'm not going to bet against them here. Uh, especially Jalen Hurts banged up with Lane Johnson banged up for that Eagles offense. Yeah, that's kind of a big part of the equation here, so much so that I don't even know if you can look to their two matchups during the regular season and and glean anything from them. I mean, the first one's a – I mean, the Giants get run off the field. The Eagles roll up 48 points. And then the second game is pretty tight game. It's a one-score game. Um I, I don't. I don't think that helps us at all in trying to figure out what this one's going to look like. Yeah, and the way this Giants offense is like schemed, there's really no. I don't want to say like book on it, but as you guys know, Brian Dable, one of the best you know offensive minds in the NFL. He just it's so much underneath misdirection that there's no like getting a read on exactly what they're supposed to be doing on any given play. To where I don't think it helps the Eagles any that they've seen this offense before. So. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited to see that matchup as well. One of the things I want to ask you about, you, you mentioned this earlier, and the injuries at this time of year. We had a conversation early in the show about how different it is in this day and age with teams and their ability to play 50 guys throughout the course of a season. We're back in, way back in the day, there was like 26 guys who played offense and defense. You'd almost had to carve the roster into stone. The Cincinnati Bengals and their offensive line have been through it. They went through 15 weeks of the same five guys. 
Now they got like two of those guys left. Um, that to me may be the most significant injury information of the week. 100%. The Bengals offensive line right now decimated. And uh, you guys have seen it too, how big impact, how big, excuse me, in- injuries are impactful to a roster. It's like this Bill's defense, when Von Miller was healthy, was just no one could say anything to this defensive line. No one, no one had any answers for that. And all of a sudden you take him away and it's like, you know, some, how is Miami putting up 31 with the backup quarterback all of a sudden? It's like that doesn't happen when your roster is at full strength. So with this Bengals offense, like they don't crawl into a shell the way they did against that Ravens defense if that offensive line's at full strength, if Joe Burrow had any time to throw. Uh, and so that's why I think you have to lean Bills in this matchup just because that's such a mismatch with three backups on their offensive line when, to be honest, the starters weren't that great in the first place, but that means their backups are that much worse. So I'm worried. I'm worried for this Bengals offense. I'm worried for Joe Burrow's health. Switching gears, last one I've got for you, Mike, because I know you have your ear to the ground on the draft class and everything. I'm really having a tough time getting past Bryce Young being 180 pounds soaking wet. Um, you know, we see the durability issues with Tua, and he was a top-five pick, but the Dolphins kind of paid the ultimate price due to his lack of availability. Now he's got a concussion history, which while he should be fine for next season, that long-term can be an issue. Um, look, I'm not going to debate for a second that Bryce Young is a su- super talent, but at this level of football, I don't know how he survives a 17-game season, even with the best offensive line. What is the general consensus that you're kind of hearing from you know, pro personnel people about this kid as a long-range franchise quarterback? Yeah, it is the worry, right? It's, uh, it's you know, con one, con two, con three. It's, it's all the worry right now with Bryce Young is that size because on the field, like, there's really not a lot to worry about. But I do think there is something still to play style and how a guy takes hits because he's not going out there. He's mobile, but he's not going out there like Josh Allen and jumping over piles and sticking his shoulder into guys. Uh, he's not like Tua in that he doesn't let he doesn't let himself take clean shots. He's falling away when he is – under pressure like he's not to a really is bad at getting himself leaving himself exposed to those hits is why he keeps taking so he's already you know he's always been that size he's protected himself well at the collegiate level really only missed uh the, the couple games this past season but it, but it is the word and he's always going to be small even if he puts on 15 pounds he's still small by nfl standards so uh i do think that's what nfl teams are going to have to weigh but i know he has a lot of fans out there and I know if he were 6'3", 220, he would be number one overall pick and no one would even be debating it right now. So uh, it will be an interesting conversation, but it, he's not going past pick two. I'll just tell you that right now. Mike, thanks very much for the time. We appreciate it. Thanks for dicing up uh, the next playoff round here. We're, we're sure going to be looking forward to this one on Sunday, no doubt. For sure, fellas. Thanks for having me. All How's right, going? Mike. That's Mike Renner joining us here from Pro Football Focus, their NFL and lead draft analyst. And uh, – I'm really intrigued as to, A, I would say besides the Bills-Bengals game, the game that interests me most is Niners-Cowboys. For those of us that are old enough, those used to be classic battles in the 90s in the playoffs seemingly every year. And then you had guys switching teams. Charles Haley, you know, goes from the Niners to the Cowboys. Deion Deion Sanders Sanders switches switches teams. teams. Um, It just added to the whole 
thing, and now here it is again. But I'm wondering which Dak Prescott's going to show up to that game against the best defense in football for my money, and then does the balloon burst on Brock Purdy, who's going to see pass pressure like he's never seen before? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, that game could be Dallas, 16 Dallas, to 10. Right. Dallas has a fantastic pass rush with Micah Parsons. And I mean, DeMarcus Lawrence. And DeMarcus Lawrence. Those guys can go. Uh, San Francisco, same thing with Bosa and, and that crew. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Does, does Dak turn it over? Does he back, back there and throw it to the wrong guy? Or, or does Brock Purdy go back there and make continue to make magic? I don't know. I think the I think the downside of both those quarterbacks is almost identical, but the upside is identical too. And you don't know which one you're going to get. Yeah. I mean, you don't have any. I mean, Dak has played horrible for a month up till last night. I don't know. I think it's really interesting. <laughs> it's gonna be. I think it's really interesting. I Maybe I don't know Sunday why, but I feel like it's got. Low scoring written all over it. I found it interesting that Mike thought the Bills, Bills Bengals, Bengals was going to be low scoring. See, I, I don't know if I'm agreeing with that. Yeah, one. a lot of people here, and I, I agree I with them. I can see it going the other way. I, yeah, I think you're going to have to score 30 points to win. Yeah. And it's the first one to 40 is going to win it, you know, kind of thing, right? <laughs> Track me. Right. I, I do. I These two teams are hard to keep off the scoreboard. Bengals are certainly that. Um, I told you the Bills have scored – 30 points in their last four games. The Bengals haven't been quite that much. They scored 30 only once over the last – well, that's not – then they scored uh, – yeah, and they only scored 24 Sunday. So yeah. – um, Against a good Ravens defense, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I, the Bills are scoring a lot of points, more so than the Bengals are, and that surprises me. Yeah. That surprises me because the Bengals are so explosive – uh, maybe it does have to do with their offensive line. We'll see. 
Let's get back to the phones at 803-0550, Is there a part of Buffalo's game that still hasn't peaked? We go to Bob in Lancaster, who's been waiting patiently. What do you got for us, Bob? Hey, uh, two things. First, uh, I want to talk about that kicker in Dallas. I have uh, a, an interesting observation on that. Okay. But, um, Chris, you would have seen this. I was at the game Sunday, and it like the last defensive play of the game, it looked to me like Ed Oliver came off the field kind of limping. And I haven't heard anything that he was hurt or on the injury list or anything. Do you know anything about yeah, that? Yeah, we haven't heard anything either, I guess. The earliest we'll find out is tomorrow when the injury report comes out. Um, you know, sometimes these guys just take a knock on the knee, you know, like knee on knee or something at the bottom of a pile, and it hurts for 10 seconds, and then it subsides. But I'm just speculating. I don't know anything. We'll, I guess we'll okay. find out tomorrow when the injury report's released. Okay. Then the other thing, on the Dallas kicker, um, him missing those extra points. The NFL put out a memo I heard this weekend about uh, mm-hmm. looking at place kickers that are putting something underneath the ball to kick. And I'm just wondering, do you think that had anything to do with it? Yeah, I, I'll admit I had seen that memo, but it, it was not at the forefront of my mind when I was watching Renner miss the extra points. Or Renner, I'm watching Mar miss the extra points. Um yeah, I mean, I suppose that could have been a factor if, in fact, he was using, you know, a foreign object previously. Basically, what the NFL memo was saying is kickers and holders cannot use any kind of foreign object to help spot a football on a kick because I guess there has been film evidence of some players going out there and putting what looks like a coin, you know, or a disc down to mark the spot where the ball is going to get set down and maybe on grass it sits it up a little bit higher for the kicker. Making well, it's for the holder. And for the holder to mark the spot. Um, and it's also for the kicker as well because he goes and if he knows the and he can see the spot, and if the ball is forward of the spot or behind the spot or towards him from the spot, he adjusts accordingly because he's taken his foot off the spot. So I, as a holder, you weren't even allowed to, because I tried, you weren't even allowed to spit to mark the spot. Mm. For the ball, the official come up and wipe it off. So interesting, yeah, it's a thing. But you can hold your finger down there on the spot after the kicker points it out, right? Because I've seen well, that. That's what the, you got. Yeah, you yeah, have the to holder do that. puts his finger you, there. Yeah, you always do that. Yeah, but there's that. But when you bring your hands up to catch the ball, you look back down. That spot's not there anymore. Right. And you don't want to. What you don't want to do is rub a spot out. You know, you don't want to rub a a bare spot or anything in the turf because then that changes the surface where it's yeah. lower or high lower. Right, right, right. So you, you don't want to do that either for the kicker. Um, so, it, yeah, it's, it's an ongoing gamesmanship thing. What can you say? You do what you can do. Does it really make that much of a difference? I don't know. If you think it does, it does. <laughs> okay. And I told you it's all Well, if that's the case and Brett Maher was doing ears. it, if that's the case and Brett Maher was doing it, Bob could be right. Uh, back to the phones and to Tony in New York City. What do you got for us, Tony? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Uh, I am I am concerned about the Bill D going into Sunday. Uh, yes, I understand the Bengals have uh, are going to be without three offensive linemen. Uh, however, you yeah. can't co- right, right. It, it, it's got that look. Uh, you can't compare the Skyler Thompson led Dolphins to the Bengal offense, and uh, you saw uh, Elam got hurt, 
Dane Jackson got hurt. Uh, the, the Bills have some secondary uh, health issues also, in addition to no Von Miller. So if uh, hey, if if Joe Burrow uh, somehow does have a little time to throw back there, uh, it might be a problem. Yeah, I understand what your concerns are, Tony, and, and thanks for the call. I will say this. After the game, Coach McDermott was asked if Dane Jackson had to return to the game, could he have? And he said yes. So hopefully his injury is not a serious one, and I would tend to think it's not if he was able to come back into the game. And Kyir Elam was playing so well, I guess they just elected to rest Dane the rest of the game. And Kyir Elam just had a cramp in his leg at the end of the game. So as far as we know, He's good to go for this week. So hopefully that quells your concerns somewhat about the state of Buffalo's secondary going into this game because you are going to want all systems go with that crew coming in this week, the Bengals receiving core. Um, Bengals, here's the thing that gets me too. Um, The Bengals ranking, if you go to the rankings, the Bengals are ranked 20 – I don't know what they're ranked, but they had 24 points a game. The Bills – Hold on, here we go. Now I'll get it. The Bengals are ranked. They have 26.1 points per game. Buffalo is 28.4 points per game. The Bills score more points than the Bengals do. Um, Yeah, second in the league in scoring is the Bills, sixth in the league in scoring is Cincinnati. And so, yeah, the the Bengals, and and to use their own phrase, the Bengals got to play us, too. Um our defense is a quality defense. Um, their offense is very good, very potent, but so are the Bills, very much so. And this should be, this is the kind of game you run into at the divisional round of yeah. the National Football League. It's just the way it is. Last year it was the Kansas City Chiefs. This year it's the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. Last year it was the defending AFC champs. This year it's the defending AFC champs. So there you go. I mean, you gotta you gotta step up to the plate and take your swing. Uh, it's not gonna be easy. You're not gonna you're not gonna like the matchup in a lot of ways for any of these teams. This is bet this is a harder matchup for the Bengals than the one they just escaped Baltimore with. You know, so both these teams have a lot to be concerned about, but they also have a lot of reason to be confident. Yep. Break time for us here. We'll take more of your phone calls on the other side. It's One Bills Live presented by Collider Health. This is Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker, and asking you today, is there a part of Buffalo's game that still hasn't peaked? You can let us know. Offense, defense, special teams, anything that you think uh, can still be maximized here in the playoffs, you let us know at 803-0550. We go back to the phones, and we go down to South Carolina where Anthony is waiting for us. What do you got for us, Anthony? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call today. Sure. Um, I got a couple of things, really. One... You guys had a caller yesterday uh, complaining about the turnovers from Josh Allen. I'm okay with the interceptions. Like, go for it. Go for the reward. If, you know, it happens. The one thing I can't understand is how he has such a hard time holding on to the football when he runs. Um, I've been watching him ever since he got drafted. And the lack of ability to hold on to the ball when he's just running by himself, if he just gets tapped, it seems like he's just got such a weak grip. I'm more worried about him running and losing the football than I am when he runs and getting injured. He's a big boy. He, you know, he can take care of himself. He's bound to get injured. 
in you know in the pocket. It doesn't really matter. I, I love the running ability of him, but the lack of ball security is astonishing. And uh, I just want to let Steve know that I'm uh, practicing my long clock here in the Greenville, sunny state of South Carolina. Today. But um, thanks for taking my call. I'll hang up on this one. Okay. What do you What do you want to let me know? What was that? Something I about? wasn't sure about I, that. I part. can't remember that last part. He said I didn't catch the last part of what he said. What do you say? What'd you say at the end, Anthony? About Steve? Oh, I'm practicing my long putt down here in South Carolina. Oh, his long oh, putts. <laughs> okay, there, there you, go. you go. Thanks, Anthony. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, Josh running ball security. Go. No, I'm with him. Jo- ball security is paramount. Um, and I'm with you, too. The interceptions, hey, just keep throwing it, man. Just just keep throwing it. it you're fine. Uh, pick your spots. Take some easy completions once in a while. Stay on the field, all of that. Uh, but I, I'm willing to live with what – with the interception stuff that Josh puts out there because of the reward that it brings. Um, you know, I, you can go back and pick, you know, the first touchdown in the Patriots playoff game last season here in Buffalo where he thinks he's throwing it away. Dawson Knox climbs the ladder and catches a touchdown. Uh, the Steph Diggs touchdown against the Jets where he rockets it as he's getting hit out of bounds. The touchdown against the Dolphins with no time left, or the Patriots with no time left on the clock at halftime. You think it's catastrophic? No, it's not. It's a touchdown. I'm, those are the benefits you get when you let him play. And certainly the, the tipped interception from Cole Beasley, okay, the tipped interception, that could have just as easily bounced out of bounds or on the, to the ground as it did to, an, to a running defender. And the long throw down to the other end, if John Brown sees that ball a half a second earlier, that interception never happens. Or if it does, the guy's tackled on the two-yard line, and let's go. Let's let those guys travel yeah. 98 yards. So all of those, I, fine. I'm, I am totally with you on that, and I'm, I'm with you, uh, Anthony. I don't worry about his interceptions. His fumbling, yeah. I'm with you there, too. I, I, I wish he didn't do that as much. If he's going to run, he's got to tuck it away. And he does hold it away from his body a little too much sometimes, particularly when he decides he's really going to run it. Sometimes he forgets to tuck it away. There are times where he's trying to push a guy down and he swims his exactly. arm over a guy with the ball in his hand. I have never seen anyone else do that. That's a little out there for me. Yeah. That's a little out there. I will admit that. Yes. So, uh, Anthony, I think you're right on money with you. That's a good call. And um, uh, I would agree with you 100%. Let's go to Don in Rochester next. What do you got for us, Don? Hey, guys. Great show. Thanks. Um, I'm, well, I think a lot of us are wondering if the Bills are ever going to run any kind of trick plays at all. Uh, all right. I hear what you're saying there. I know Brian Dable was good for, you know, three or four, maybe a handful over the course of a season. So I, I get where you're coming from there. Um, First-year coordinator in that role for the first time. Maybe you're just trying to stick to the script, so to speak, or maybe you're holding some stuff in your back pocket until you really, really need something special. And, hey, let's look at it this way. If the Bills are fortunate enough to win this game and you're back to facing a Chiefs team next week, that might be the time to pull the rabbit out of the hat on a – in a, at a yeah. critical juncture in the game when you really need something yeah. and maybe some other things that you're used to working offensively or not, and you just need a play like that to spark you and say, hey, we're going for this thing. Even though not everything's working right now, this was working in practice this week. We're calling it. Let's go. Yeah, I don't I, – and I think you're onto something there with a first-year offensive coordinator with 
where Bills, a guy whose Bills fans will tell you is the best guy in the at the position in the league. They got the best quarterback in the league. Um, with a first-year coordinator, m- maybe he's of the mind that, listen, we don't need that stuff. We got the guy. Yeah, uh, We can make a play. And there is some of that because when you do run those trick plays, there are awareness plays where if the defense is off their – it gets confused or whatever and they lose track of what's going on, then you hit them. But if they keep track of what's going on, it doesn't go very well. Um, there's some risk there. So I, I think – as a first-year offensive coordinator, is probably the best reason why he's playing a little closer to the vest. Saying, "Listen, I'm, I'm not going to go out there and draw up all these zany yeah. plays when I got the best guy in the league." Maybe there's a little of that, but I, I'm with you. It was always fun. Uh, there was somebody on social today that put, you know, some of the Brian Dayball trick plays on Twitter and had a little highlight reel. And there was some fun stuff all the way back to the the Arizona game out in Arizona, the the Hale Murray play. The Bills had. John Brown throwing touchdown passes. It was passes. Isaiah McKenzie that threw it. Isaiah McKenzie. To and Josh. Then, and then Josh Brown threw one to uh, Devin Singletary in Dallas on Thanksgiving. Yep, 2019. So there's some of that stuff going on. So, yeah, I get it. It's a lot of fun to see. I, I just don't think this is an offense that needs that stuff. And there are certain moments for it. I think it has more. I think you're right, Brownie. I think it has more to do with Ken Dorsey saying, "Listen, let's just we got the guy. Let's just use him." Well, and to your point earlier in the show, they scored over 30 points the last four games. Yeah. It's not like they're hurting for points. Yeah, that's nothing's broken. That's for sure. Let's go to Dylan in Pennsylvania. What do you got for us, Dylan? Hey, fellas. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, just wanted to uh, touch on I, the only thing I really haven't seen, and really in comparison to last year, is. Uh, these kind of seamless drives, it just seems like a lot of backyard ball. and uh, You just don't see these kind of three- or five-step drop, first or second read. It just always seems like he's running around. And I don't know if maybe having some design rollout passes. or it's just I'm not saying complicate the offense anymore, but it just seems like something's different between Dable and Dorsey. Um, and that's just kind of where I'm at. And real quick, and I'll let you guys run, uh, I just wanted to thank you for all you do. Um, I'm from Pennsylvania, but I have family up there. We just lost a family member. Um, and I just always turn to you guys to to bring me out of some really dark times. So it's an honor to speak to both of you, um, and I really appreciate and love you guys. So go Bills. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you, Dylan. Dylan. That's, That's very, very nice, nice of you to, to say. say. Sorry about your loss. I, yeah. um, I get it. I Sometimes it does seem – their success does seem fragile when you see Josh do something superhuman that nobody else can do. You think, well, gosh, you know, if you're going to have to have a superhuman guy to do something, what are we doing here, you know? Yeah. Um, I would revert back to and 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 let you realize. Think back to the first couple of weeks of this last se- this season, this regular season, when they go out to L.A. and beat the Rams, and they come home and they play Tennessee, and they do the same thing. Um, they certainly have that in their tank, where they can be very efficient. You brought it up. We were looking for that first month of the season. We were looking for differences between Ken Dorsey and Brian Dable, and the one you came up with was accurate, and the data backed it up. They're much more. Um, efficient. efficient. They stayed on the field. They were doing this balls out, on time, easy completion, let's go. Balls out, on time, easy completion, let's go. Nice little run play, set up second and short, easy completion, let's go. And they just went down the field, and they were just unstoppable. And then late in games, once in a while, you hit them, you'd nick the defense with a big play once they got impatient or desperate to make something happen. And it's gotten away from that a little bit, and some of that has been the defenses and the plans that they've been facing, like this last Dolphins game. Mm-hmm. Difficult 
difficult team to plinkety-plink down the field because they're going zero <laughs> cover, right? Yeah. And teams are now – I think you're seeing it all the time now. They are really, really doing their best not to let Josh out of the pocket. They don't want Josh Allen running all over the joint. They're very – if they play man, they got a guy – as a spy who's an athlete enough to keep Josh hemmed in the pocket. And he doesn't even, he's not even trying to tackle Josh. He's trying to herd Josh back into the pocket to yeah. keep him in there as the pocket kind of tries to collapse around him. So that's the strategy that teams are deploying against the Bills, and it doesn't lend itself to an efficient, easy completion offense. Yeah. So I think, you know, for the, until the Bills come up with an answer or prove that that is a devastating way to lose a game for these teams, you're going to see it a lot. Let's go back to the phones and to Carol in Tonawanda next. Uh, here we go, Carol. We got you now. What do you got for us? Yeah, thanks. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Thanks for taking the call, and I appreciate your insight on all different matters. But can you please explain to me, uh, related to the potential touchdown review that didn't occur on the field, why didn't that happen? Why didn't we have an opportunity to review that? I saw in some other games some yardage reviews took place during the last two minutes of the game. And I was wondering if you could just explain or what the difference was and why that couldn't take place. Yeah. So, they, well, here's the thing, Carol. Yeah. They did review that. And what happens is what people are, are losing sight of, there's, a, there's an official up in the booth who looks at stuff in real time. And when they do, like you'll see it and they won't, even, they won't announce it, which is why it kind of goes by. They'll, they'll adjust the spot of the ball depending on what that guy upstairs says. The, the officials are watching the players, and then they come up and they spot the ball. Well, if they, if they don't spot the ball really accurately, the guy upstairs will say, hey, you need to move that back a full yard. He's radioing directly to the referee on the field. The official in the booth who has all these monitors, who's watching the angles as they come up, he's relaying to the field, says, hey, you missed that spot. It should be a yard back. He stepped out of bounds at the 23, not the 25. And they will fix that so that they don't have to review it because they know they've got coaches on the staffs, on the staff that will be doing it for as well too. And the guy the same stuff. and they will save the challenges. Now the Steph Diggs one-handed catch where he brought it in, when he reached out and pulled, caught the ball, stopped the ball, and started to bring it in, the ball turned, so he had to like catch it again at his body. By the time he did that, his foot was off the ground. Yeah, his first foot. His first foot was off the ground, and it was so it wasn't a TD. It was not a touchdown. So they did that upstairs, and that's why you didn't have to stop the whole game, go back and look at it because it was a Coach fairly – Coach McDermott was incredulous, though, because 
He even burned a timeout to give the guy upstairs more time to radio down, not knowing the communication had probably already taken right. place, right? That's right. And I, that's, that's one that was easy because Steph didn't have control of it when he brought it back down. And that's why – and his, by that time his foot was up off the ground and then it came down out of bounds again. So it was out of bounds and, and he caught it, but he caught it out of bounds. That's why that got the official upstairs was reviewing that real time. And, and obviously because it was a receiver down the sidelines by themselves, they had plenty of angles of it. It just wasn't a catch. It was close. Yeah. And I'm he did catch it, but he caught it out of bounds. And, and I'm sure you know it. this too, Carol. Under two minutes, coaches can't challenge. That's strictly booth review only if they choose to review it. But a lot of times, as Steve pointed out, with this Sky Judge up there now, they do a lot of that in real time. So they don't need to waste time on a review, and they um, get it right. Uh, and I and I thought too. I, I didn't think it was a catch either. It was a it was a catch. It just wasn't a touchdown. Yeah, and it was out of bounds. That it was close, and it, you'd like to see him get that, but it didn't work. Yeah, break time for us. We'll close it up next here on One Bills Live. Stay tuned. Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker. As uh, we are just about done for the day, but, um, I, I just saw the tweet, Steve that Jerry Jones issued oh. last night <laughs> during the game. So here's his kicker going through a nightmarish scenario, having missed, I don't know when he sent this, after the third missed extra point or the fourth. Jerry Jones tweets out during the game. Game's still going on. And he tweets, <laughs> if you can kick and are currently in the stadium right now, come on down to the field. We've got a jersey for you. Is that legit? It looks like his verified account. Is it? Ah, that's a fake one because the real Jerry Jones says the real Jerry Jones. Because Robert Griffin III was laughing like it was real. Well, it's kind of funny because it's not Well, me. it's funny because <laughs> it's not the real Jerry. Yeah, but that's, uh, that's one of the all-time historic nights um, you'll Dang. ever see. Well, it, I'm, I it, feel better now that it's that we know it's not Jerry. We'll, we'll see you tomorrow at 1. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.